All right, fact check this live stream. And tonight I'm joined by Magoo, Jose, and Tyler. And we are going to talk about the death of the internet. And uh, Jose might recognize that intro music as one of my early attempts to uh, create an intro for him. And that one got uh, that one got denied, but I ended up repurposing the, the music for my own ventures. So it lives on regardless oh, no. of his taste uh, or a preference for it. One preference, didn't it get hit? You said it got hit for a friggin' um, um, what's it called? The IP. Oh no, thing not, not that one. Uh, oh no, okay. Because I remember I had to like four iterations before it finally would not flag it. So no, that one didn't. That one never got a copyright hit. Uh, that one just wasn't quite upbeat enough. We mm-hmm. we found the uh, we found the one that paired well with the the dancing girl. And... Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been almost hundred episodes with that. So <laughs> I'm I'm still rather proud of that one. That's. It's a, you know, no, I dig it. It's definitely definitely kicks ass. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it. By the way, on the on the last well, Prax Ben episode, you you shot out uh, Justin for that uh, intro. I try to do it. Everyone, I, I do my. I try to oh. do like the. I get really good at doing like a spiel. Like I got a, I got a little thing of shit I got to hit at the beginning. You know my plugs and stuff. And I'm getting better at it. I'm getting more professional as time goes on. But uh, yeah. I finally got professional enough to squeeze his in there, and I'm I'm, I'm working on it. I, I iron out the details as time goes on, but you know. 2022, the year of the more polished and professional Jose. Yes, <laughs> I'm not I'm not down for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like where this is going. Yeah, no. I uh, I I just no hit up Ian Crossland. I said being Crossland. He might he may or may not be coming on soon, so I don't know. Uh, but I, I still don't think I'll be getting too polished anytime soon. So, I, or, and if I do, I'll have my uh, Tower Power Hour outlet to to uh let out the rough edges you know there you go yeah that's what i've got the morning show for which we're trying i'm trying to get uh clyde to put together actual copy for the run your mouth coffee ad so that i can have jim with his beautiful radio voice read the ad for us and we can and we can actually be somewhat professional instead of just monkeying around (laughs) all the time if you're looking to me to make your shit more professional you've done fucked up son (laughs) but i'll be happy to do it it's the voice. He didn't say anything else. He just... <laughs> yeah. I'll stick to the script. All right. So y'all ready to dive into this thing? What did y'all think about the video that I sent for that we're going to review today? Or I don't, not necessarily review it, but the, the video that kind of took on the premise of this episode. Where did the rest of the internet go from True Story Media? Which they've got some pretty interesting stuff out there, and and the video was incredibly well produced. It was a an excellent video. Plus, it really hit on some really uh, relevant and pointed uh, things in terms of the way the internet works, the way the search engines works, especially what you've seen over the last week or so. Some of the stuff, or well, I mean, over the last couple of months, but especially the last week or so, some of the stuff that's coming out of like DuckDuckGo with talking about they're going to be a little more censored with the content that they allow. Uh, so whoever wants to go first, let's kind of, let's kind of dive in and, and talk about the, the video itself and some of what you, what you got out of that. Well, I'll go ahead and start out real quick. I'm a piece of shit. I didn't realize there was a video attached, so I haven't watched it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll just go ahead and throw my cards on the table and let these guys look better by comparison. So, <laughs> hell yeah! Wow. I, I missed that. We, we had homework. We had homework. Yeah. 
right? <laughs> this is this is like the morning show all over again. All right. So, what did y'all think about these articles I sent? You didn't send any articles. Like, yeah, I, I can't. Literally like, just... I can't read. <laughs> yeah, you said. Oh no, it was a video, Jose. You should have been fine. All right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll go if you want. If you want some uh, a non-astute, uh, it, it reminded me of. Um, well, first of all. Do you want to critique the video? It was well done, but I felt like it had about 10 minutes of talk that she could have cut out. Besides that, it was really well done. And I actually was going to, was really going to be prepared. And I was going to do my own uh, sample with Brave Browser and DuckDuckGo. And I didn't. Uh, but it reminded me of, was it the creepy line? The Google documentary uh, before the last election. There was a liberal guy that did it. I think Malice even had him on his show. And, um, you know, it talks about all the, the shady shit with Google and their search engine. Um, it was fascinating. It, Jose, if you don't know, basically this lady does a, a Google search for climate change, just random. And it says like 1 billion plus search searches available. So you click and you go to the end. And then there's actually only like 400 because they're all just the curated multiples off the same link of, you know, like CDC and whatever else. Um, so her point is, even though there's all those searches out there, a lot of them are taken down or they're not even available to find. All right. That's what it was interesting. The, the, yeah, the internet's uh, over and I was there when it was began. Yeah. I do remember like, uh, I don't know when it started. Uh, I had the duck, duck go browser a while, a while back. I kind of just stopped. Uh, I probably should reupload it at some point. I'm kind of a tech idiot. So I just like, once I got a new phone, I just never got it again, but it, it was like, it's, I don't know the past five to 10 years, like trying to search something, Especially certain things. I mean, especially considering the things we are into, uh, a lot of those type of things. Uh, you'd search it and you'd be like, what the fuck? And it is just a giant pain in the ass. It's really hard to find what you're looking for. And yeah, stuff like DuckDuckGo does definitely come in clutch. So with some of the stuff they're doing now, it definitely is really fucking sketchy what's going on there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Things shift. Yeah. So one Did of you... the things that she had talked about was like, uh, like using keyword searches and stuff. Uh, and like something that I've noticed because I'll because for what I do with this show and what I do with the morning show, like I'll look at real specific articles and stuff. And sometimes uh, sometimes they'll mess up and they'll they'll post an article where they actually like tell the truth or they give a not corporately approved narrative. Um, and, and when you go to the website, because it'll it'll come up on like an MSN search. And so. I like to pull it up on the website itself so that I get the, the actual article. Well, you'll go to the website and you'll type in the full, like I'll, I'll just copy and paste the full headline and it's nowhere to be found. You have to like scroll out like seven or eight pages of search results to get the actual headline that you searched for on their, on the website that it was published on. I mean, it's insane. And then if you refresh your, your web browser, it disappears from the MSN uh, stream altogether. So it's like there's definitely a lot of suppression going on with like as soon it's like as soon as they figure out, oh shit, we shouldn't have posted that. Like it just gets uh, memory. Yeah, not to mention that they, you know, can rewrite their own headline in the same article, so that if even if you have the headline copied, you know, in a note section or whatever, and you come back and you search that again, can't find it because they. They'll try to be the first to put something out. They'll realize later on, oh, shit, we fucked up. You know, got the numbers. <laughs> we counted a little too high. And then they come in and they rewrite their own headline. And like, eh, good luck. It's somewhere in there. But, it's just like the Joe Rogan thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Well, one of the, the like, things she was kind of making uh, emphasis on it was trying to rant, you know, started out with her own website kind of getting throttled and the, the, the way that you're really not able to just randomly find blogs or whatnot anymore. So they're kind of, as you said, memory hold. And um, who's, you guys have a blog? I'm sure Magoo, you have the Magoo blog, Jose, no way, Jose blog. Do people do blogs I, anymore? I've got a couple articles up on my uh, Patreon from forever ago, but yeah, that was, that's ancient history. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't write anything. Um, I can barely read. I do talking into a microphone because that's just the easiest path and podcasts are easier than writing nowadays. Yeah. And that beautiful it, radio voice. Yeah. I will say I wish I had more time to write because it's more of a time thing and it's a and also it's a matter of I feel like when it comes to writing, it's harder to bring in the eyeballs. So like it's better to have some sort of established following before you delve into writing, I think, or some sort of platform from which to push it off of. So, I mean, because I started uh, initially, I, I think I wrote a couple articles before I started podcasting or maybe it was around the same time. And I just found I didn't have the time for it because it was very time consuming. I enjoyed it a lot. It was very like immersive. You learn a lot. It's a good way to work through things. But yeah, it's like you you don't get any traction whatsoever. Uh, it's way it's way easy. I mean, not way easier, but it's easier to get make things move with podcasting. But I guess ideally, if like somehow someday in the future I ever get to the point to where I'm not a wage slave or whatever, and I'm, I'm like just you know mostly live off podcasting or other things as well. Sure, I'd totally get into writing. I think writing is really great, but it's a yeah, it's it's a hard game to get into. So that's how I actually got my start. Was I w- I would write. So I did like a I did a little blog i would do an article about once a week just on random different stuff Uh, mostly it was on my spiritual journey at that time in my life on my facebook page and then when i started really getting into a lot of political stuff and being more vocal about it i would write these long posts about what was going on and nobody would read it it would get nothing whatsoever and then i could take that exact same post and read it in a video and have like a five to eight minute video of me explaining what I had written this big, long thing about. And it would get two, three, 400 views. It's like, okay, so writing, nobody reads. Everybody wants to get the quick fix and listen to something or, or watch something. So I just kind of, I kind of gave up on it, moved on. I do have a, I do have a sub stack that I intend to start writing on at some point in the next couple months. Once I kind of, decide what direction I want to go with it and, and, uh, and all of that. But like, I really like writing, but it's, it just kind of became one of those things that it didn't feel like it was all that rewarding because there was no, like just nobody read it, but yeah. Yeah. You have that, a lot of that issue. You know, a lot of people make fun of podcasters being grifters and shit like that. And there is something to whatever you want to call grifting, but like, I feel like it's even worse with writing to some extent. Cause like you're really trying to get your, uh, that shit in front of people's face. And they're really like, basically trying not to and it, it really is a matter of trying to get on certain platforms so you do then have to start up hitting like certain uh i don't say like libertarian institute or other uh, different uh platforms to try to get them to carry your stuff and then so now you're kind of already e-begging but it's, it's in some ways it's almost more cringe than the podcast e-begging so yeah yeah and the, <laughs> and the weird thing i've seen and this is one case so it's anecdotal but it still tracks for what we're talking about is uh i don't know if you guys are familiar with the youtube channel the hourly struggle that's put on by Joshua. Yeah, um, I know him. He's good stuff. Yeah, so he's no. got five hundred and twenty-six subscribers on YouTube, and most of his videos are less than that. 
but he has 44,000 followers on TikTok. And I'm in a chat with him, and he talks about how the reach on TikTok is just astronomical compared to YouTube, Facebook, podcast, any other normal method, which is kind of odd because, you know, when TikTok came out, that's all we heard was, oh, this is Chinese spyware. And um, it still very well could be. And those numbers could be bullshit. You know, you, you never know what you're actually dealing with on the other side of that screen as far as like, you know, are your numbers even real? But I don't know. I just found that to be very odd. 526 to 44,000 is a it, it, it also matters what kind of material you're putting out. Because I, I don't know if maybe Josh has shifted up his content recently. But I know back when I was like knew him, knew him a little bit more and also when I was following his stuff. Um, I think I might still be subscribed to him. I, he's very, when it comes to like YouTube, he's very erratic when he puts out content. He mm-hmm. will like, you know, he'll go months without doing it. And I mean, I'm not even like saying that to be bad to him. I'm just saying so far as building a following that's going to have issues. He has great videos. I'll give him that. He's really good. That He's just not consistent. And then uh, from what I recall, and then, uh, I mean, when it comes to something like TikTok, he's, his, his videos were usually like less, like probably less than 15 minutes long on YouTube. Uh, they're more of like a short clips. So they're not like these in-depth podcasts. So it's more tailored for something like TikTok. So yeah, I mean, it really is it depends on what you're doing. But yeah. So go check comments. them out. By the way. Yeah. <clears throat> One, uh, follow my podcast since we're not grifting. Follow, no. uh, but Jose, you you did a whole show earlier this year, uh, Dune. You checked out the movie or the book Dune, but you did it on a audio. Uh, that's just, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. So, you know, writing it is, I've, I've even found myself, my, I don't know if it's all this stuff we have and the ability to, first of all, if instead of writing it, it's much easier to just say it and, you know, put it on a podcast. That's kind of what I wanted to do. And that's where we're at. Uh, so it's, it's easier to do that than to write in it and have good sentence structure and all that <laughs> necessities that, that follow along with that. So, um, I've even found that myself, I'm not reading as much, you know, I don't know if my attention span or what have you, but it's, uh, it, it the median of the, the podcast and the YouTube, uh, you know, it just gets it out there. So tying that into Justin's whole theme here, which is the, the government throttle, well, no, is it the government throttling it or is it Google? And then, um, I've even, one of my concepts I want to do later is the entanglement. There's a whole legal aspect of entanglement with, government and private facilities, uh, you know, private organizations or what have you, and what constitutes government actors. And, you know, there's a, there's a legal standard for that. And I think that the, the Googles and all these other ones, they have so much um, interaction and entanglement with the government that it's part of it is, is that issue, right? They're, they're throttling us for a specific reason. And some of that is, you know, behavior and information. All right, I'd shut down the show too. No, no Justin looked like no, he was right. about to say something. Well, okay, so well, I was gonna say something about the like talking about the followers and stuff, and and is that manufactured? But then like Tyler, because there are there are accounts that have like literally millions of followers, but they pay for them, and they talked about that in that video. Like, there's a lot of stuff that they talked about in that video, like using followers and using that sort of stuff to influence people and to like move society and culture by by manipulating and twisting numbers and just making it look like something more popular than what it actually is. But, you know, then to, t- uh, to Tyler's point, like, um, and then we look at that. Okay. So let's, let's kind of, <laughs> let's take it and kind of uh, tie the things together because it, it all really does connect. Like it's, 
it's government using its influence to manipulate numbers and to twist the narrative to create whatever they want to create. I, I mean, it's, it's, I, I think it said it in the video, like they've taken 1984 to a level that George Orwell never could have even imagined. I, I, I want to add to that real quick because uh, to, I guess not even necessarily pushback. I mean, it's more like another side of it uh, when it comes to like stuff like buying your views or buying your followers or whatever. Uh, the the person with the good eye can tell. Um, say, for example, uh, with YouTube, uh, there's a certain uh, account. I'm not going to say the name because I actually like them. Uh, I don't have any problem with them. It's I, I, I get it. Uh, I think they bought subscribers. They also bought Twitter followers. And they've said it openly on Strange 4, but I'm not going to say it. just because Stapleton? No. <laughs> I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. But uh, And that wouldn't surprise me. But it, it's someone else. And they've had huge guests, like huge guests, like, uh, I don't know, Ian Miles Chong, Robert, Roger Stone, just shit like that. But then you look at the views, and it's like ass. And you're like, dude, these are view. These are like guests that should be drawing in like thousands upon thousands of views. Like even if you're a small show, so I don't know, to some extent, you can you can uh, you can manipulate things to, to a certain extent. But uh, I mean, the it's kind of like fighting the market. The market will kind of naturally bounce back in one way or another. And if you're a keen eye, you can kind of pick up on like. Like, uh, I mean, everyone's been on, we're all Twitter people. We all met on Twitter. You'll, you'll see an account that you're like, has tens of thousands of views, but then you look at their engagement, it's trash. And you immediately right. like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, go ahead and sorry. If you watch the, if you watch the video, she, she talks about some of this where uh, all internet traffic, and I'm trying to remember the number, it was like 60 some percent uh, was bots. Okay. So it you're looking at 30 some percent is is only human interaction like high 30 yeah, you know, almost like 40 percent it was like 61 percent or 63 percent something like that like it was low, low 60s but still i mean it's the majority of internet traffic is bots makes sense at least on twitter that seems to hold true That's well like, you're we, right you can, you can find with, uh, i had a conversation with rimzo of of uh on the run over at the we are libertarians network Give him a little plug since he pays me to also do some work. Co-host for Mark Claire's comics podcast too. Oh yeah, that's that's the better that's the better of his ventures. But uh, so he and I talked about like they project that there will be more Twitter followers than there are actual or more Twitter accounts than there are actual human beings on the planet within a couple of years. Which I mean, so getter, it makes sense. Basically, getter. I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, how many of us have alts? I, I, I run at least uh, maybe seven accounts. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, you know, <laughs> we all have we all have multiple accounts, so that that makes sense. But at the same time, like, how many of those are uh, how many of those are not real people and are actually creating this manufactured influence that we're talking about here? I got a question. So if you have an alt account and you've been kicked off a few times, so you decided I'm doing a VPN, I'm going to do this. Are you always making sure you're using the VPN every time? And do you have a different VPN for different accounts? I mean, this could be complicated. I'm I'm concerned here. Anybody? No? Yeah. Once it gets to that level, that starts to sound like work. And I usually just like, tap out. <laughs> yeah. More than one account sounds like work. Yeah, That's when you just let your daughter control your account, I guess. Yeah, I have one account. My last account got nuked. And like I get I don't trust tech that much. So like part of me is like I'm worried that if I made another account like, for example, a Tower Power Hour Twitter account, they've been trying to get me into 
they try, they've been trying to not, I guess they haven't necessarily been trying to, but we've been taught, we've talked about getting all of the tower power guys to have access to the account to be able, you know, you know, jump in, do things here and there with the, uh, with the tower power, hour Twitter account. Uh, and I refuse to even go on it because of the fact I'm like too untrusting of tech that I'm worried that if I log out of my account, I may have like struggle to get back on. I don't even know my password or the email it's connected with or anything. So I'm just like, I'd rather just leave everything alone and just, never get off this account until it gets nuked and then i'll make a new one instead of having to do this all this alt gay ass alt shit so I mean, that's just because i'm a the, weird tech person so I'm who runs the uh, power power tiktok page we have a tiktok i don't know oh, I, 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 i've been saying for a while we should i downloaded tiktok for like a day because i was like you know what i'm gonna get on there i'm gonna like i mostly was like tower power because i know my show it probably isn't really that suited for um it probably isn't really that suited for like tiktok but like tower power hour if you got clips from it very suited for tiktok i mean i don't know how how bad they yeah. are about banning stuff i mean obviously you might have to bleep some shit but um like it would be really good on tiktok but i got on there for like a day and i was like this is fucking cancer and i like like i get it like i would just be in there and drop videos but i could i just couldn't even be on there because it was just like it was just i felt so fucking dumb swiping through like 15 second long videos or whatever the hell they are like i I know i just it feels like like that's like what the inside workings of my brain are and trying to organize it but then you like then also add that onto like a a fucking app like i don't need that it's like my brain duplicated i struggle enough to keep my fucking brain together that works like that as opposed to an additional fucking platform that operates sort of like my brain does so you know what i mean like i mean maybe i'm the only add guy here so like it's like it's just too much for me tiktok (laughs) tiktok is the adderall of social media i mean it's so i can do i can do tiktok on my desktop because i've got it set where it goes straight to my profile and then i can search for stuff and like find the videos that i want to watch but if i try to pull tiktok up on my phone i shut i close it immediately because it it just it just straight out the gate starts playing shit, and I'm like, I don't want any of this. Go away. So I, I, I like, I don't even, I don't even use it on my phone unless somebody like. The only reason I have it on my phone is if somebody sends me a TikTok that I can click it, and it'll open the app and take it straight to that video. And then as soon as that video is over, I close it because I don't want anything else to do with it. No, no, I just realized what it is. It, it literally is TikTok. Like going through TikTok videos is the exact feeling of the inside of my brain when I was a child and I didn't quite have control of my ADD yet <laughs> when it was just like going fucking haywire, that is what fucking, uh, that is what TikTok is like a, a physical representation, like looking at it. And I hate it. it. For me, it, it reminds me of like when I was on MySpace and then I went to Facebook and I felt like I'd cleansed myself a little bit. I don't know. It was just, it was a little more unruly over there. And I felt Facebook was a little more adultish. So I just stay away from TikTok. Although my daughter sends me stuff every once in a while. Um, your Prax Ben that you had on, he has said he had a hundred thousand some followers. I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds like we're doing we're doing everything wrong if we're trying to reach people. Yeah, but I mean, you listen to Magoo. <laughs> he just pointed out that uh, like the hourly struggle guy, he Didn't has listen? however many. Uh, Josh Ferguson is his name. Uh, I hope he's. 40- flat. Pretty yeah, sure he's announced his last name, so I hope I didn't just like dox him. But um, I don't think I did. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he's open about that. But uh, yeah, you pointed out his subs compared to his like TikTok thing. So it's like you know, platform to platform. I mean, yeah. Like I don't, I don't really know what all that really means when you, especially for something where it's like a 15 second clips or whatever. How much can you? How much value can you really extract out of 100,000 followers or whatever the hell? Because you're like, 
you know, like what content are they really getting out of you? What are you getting out of them? Are these people that are really going to offload from that platform to another platform? I, I, there's a whole host of things. So it's like, yeah, it sounds, you know, blingy when you something like cracks the algorithm, you got names, get a lot of followers or whatever. But I mean, what really does that mean? I don't know. I'm not even really trying to hate. Maybe that does mean a lot. I have no idea. I haven't fucked with no. TikTok. So. You, you have a good point because I wouldn't be successful on TikTok anyway. So, I mean, it, it takes a certain talent of certain type of people to do stuff like that. Is he showing his dick? <laughs> no, no. I mean, <laughs> I haven't spent enough time on it to to hey. <laughs> tell you 100% yes or no, but I doubt it. I will say this, though, is that the the engagement on TikTok seems to be even higher than Twitter. Because on every single one of his videos, there's just hundreds of comments. And he tries to reply to all of them. And I'm just like, God love you, man. Like, you're going to kill yourself trying to, you know interact with all these people and it's just um it's just as toxic and miserable as any other place on the internet where it's just people constantly shouting especially if you have it like an opinion-based platform which we all basically do where we're not even saying that we're right we're just saying uh i think this is bullshit and this is what i think instead and then it's just gonna get littered with at least in twitter it kind of seems like it's its own like little microverse of okay liberty minded kind of people and there doesn't seem to be a lot of like you know uh wear the mask take the jab eat the bug type people coming into most of y'all's replies that at least that i've seen they pretty much stay in their own corner but on tiktok it's, it's a fucking wide open well i think it's all how you curate your at least for for twitter as an example right if you're only following like so yes that's correct uh, Layton. I have I have a few t- uh, Twitter accounts and early on I got on like ground floor when it first started and I had I was into cycling and, and racing stuff so I was had a, an account just for that and then I made one just for politics because I just wanted to keep them both separate and if I post anything like I do on the cycling side that I do on the Twitter on the, the Liberty side I get a lot of hate and a lot of interaction and I could post all kinds of crazy stuff on the Liberty side and it's just likes and retweets. <laughs> so it, it kind of depends on how you're, you're, you're viewing that. And, and, and so maybe TikTok's algorithm itself allows for you to be seen by more people. Or, I don't know. Um, you know, back to the video, I, I don't want to derail this, but um, of keeping us on topic. But uh, one thing that made me think about, you know, we, before the internet, there was, you know, the fall of uh, newspapers and, and there's all this. And now there's the internet and the internet's going down and it's the fall of that. But there's, as long as we are able to I- innovate and do stuff, who knows what's next? So I, I get to be fearful and to, to be concerned about this, but I don't know. I mean, uh, something wonderful that we don't even have a, a thought of uh, could be coming next. Cause this wasn't uh, on my radar when I was in high school. Yeah, yeah no. no, you're oh, sorry. You're, you're definitely right. I mean, one example, and I'm not even saying this will necessarily play out is a, uh, I mean, things shift. I don't necessarily think this is the death of the internet or whatever. I think things will shift. Like for example, I know DuckDuckGo kind of went, you know, bitched out, but you know, and you know what the market immediately reacted. I'm like, I don't know what their bottom dollar was, but they were they got trashed. So immediately people were like, the only you know thing they had going for them, they threw down the 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 toilet. So basically, they left it wide open for someone else to come in and take their place. But the the point, what I meant to actually bring up, and I got sidetracked, was uh, the whole Elon thing with Twitter. Like, uh, I mean, shit, even something like Twitter is kind of going down the drain. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I know there's so many people who are like. Oh, well, fuck Elon, or he's not going to do this, or that's not going to happen. And you know what? You might be right. But there's also, it just kind of is to demonstrate a point that something like this could happen that then shifts the tides. So, like, yes, you can have things looking bleak in other places, and then 
you know, he Elon legit daddy Elon could come in and fucking save the day for Twitter. And that could shift the things another way, you know, kind of breathe new life into Twitter. And, you know, then, I mean, eventually I know it'll probably go back to shit again uh, anyways, one way or another, just judging by how large platforms work. This is just how it works out. But you know what? It might breathe a second life into it, which may like work out in one way or another, you know, and give it time for some other platform to build up in the meantime. I don't know. If, so. if the short history of the internet is any indication, everything eventually turns itself to shit one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, something takes over. And then usually yeah. it's something somewhat better in one way or another or multiple things that are better at different aspects. Well, there's a couple things that I always think about and bring up is that technology always seems to be ahead of the curve, um, especially when it's new, until everyone kind of get their hands around it and narratives get written and then the regulation and then the crackdown comes in. It seems to happen that way cyclically. Cause if you think about how we interacted with the internet 20 years ago, it was nothing but Yahoo and AOL. Who the fuck is using it, either one of those now? And does AOL even exist? Same thing with like uh, the biggest companies 30, 40 years ago is like Xerox and Kodak, you know, and they're out of fucking business radio shack and all these other monstrous you know everybody wanted to shit on walmart in the 90s because it was putting out mom and pop stores and you know there's an argument for that but nobody's even talking about walmart now it's all amazon amazon didn't even exist so just to build on the point that was just made things come and go and especially in the technologically or the technic the twitter sphere the internet words um it's always going to be ahead of whatever regulations they're going to have coming down for it because eventually people are going to integrate and use it and then it's going to do things that you know the elite or whatever don't like and then they're going to find a way or try to work on a way to stop that and i think that's just what we're seeing now at this moment in time with DuckDuckGo. yeah uh, kind of to build off of or to make an i just heard the other day that there's one kmart store left in the u.s no shit well First of all, why would there be one? But um, yeah, remember uh, good old days? I mean, they were they were flying high. So it's going the way of Blockbuster. Yeah, wonder if they're right. gonna make a documentary about the last Kmart. Right, maybe. So Probably Twitter, I, I would say, if you guys are into investing, buy buy some puts or maybe a spread, puts and calls, and you get the upside on downside on either one. Um, but I'm I'm actually betting that that they're going to turn him down because it's not going to be to their favor, and then the stock's going to take a dump a dump when he uh, when he sells liquidates everything. Well, not only that, but when the shareholders, you know, you're the whole point of having shareholders is you you work on behalf uh, in the best interest of your shareholders and not <laughs> taking a buy option at an amount that's higher than it's actually evaluated. You're going to piss off your shareholders. And so, again, kind of echoing what Jose said, I have no idea if this is going to be the big daddy Elon coming in, swooping in, saving the Internet out it. But it is interesting because it does expose immediately um, the actual true intent behind those that are in control of Twitter now with how hard the reading was. And they they expose themselves, which is not surprising. And it's more just fun for people like us to look at and be like, this is what we've been fucking talking about, people. These, this is why they are. Uh, what up? This is why they are the people's enemy. Um, yeah. So no. If nothing okay. else, he exposed that. Yeah, I totally and, agree. And to to lay into that point a little bit too. You look at things like, I mean, this isn't the same exact thing with Elon and Twitter, but you look at something like Odyssey and YouTube. The more YouTube fucks around, the more that Odyssey finds out. So, like, I mean, so with something like Elon, like if they wanna, if they if they wanna fuck around, like it. 
it, it, it is just sending a signal to the world that like a it, in a certain sense it's a giant market signal to the world that like hey something should fill this slot and you know over time something very well may i mean shit it'd be awesome if who knows maybe social or truth so, uh, truth social whatever the hell trump's thing is comes in and saves a day or whatever i'd be all for it i don't care like i'm not like big trump stand but i'd be all, all for that that'd be pretty awesome in my opinion if somehow that worked out probably won't but it'll probably be something else who knows but i mean point is just more just like stake your uh you probably gotta have your feet in multiple places or whatever the, the expression I mean, this, is so. this could be the uh the elon musk jack dorsey brainchild because uh, jack seems to kind of be on on elon's side on this did you see the mm. uh, he he kind of lit in on the uh on the twitter board for not con- or for for all of their pushback on the whole thing that we're kind of taking the conversation away from the video but mm. i mean it it's along the same lines uh, because you do see the censorship you do see the control of the narrative on exactly the same level just on that you know the microcosm of twitter that you see it on youtube and all of the google bing yahoo all of the big search engines so, like it's it's there just on a you know a a more condensed level yeah and i guess uh if there's a white pill if we're gonna get into the pill color de- denomination talk you know one of the biggest complaints i have with centrist is that their patience and willingness to go along with the narrative is quite elastic and they're willing to go along with things for much longer than any of us would like and I think that they've, I think that they've been pushed, you know, the narrative, the, the Overton window, or whatever has been pushed so far in one direction that that pendulum is always going to swing back. Uh, is it going to swing back to where I want it? Probably not. But then again, if I said how far I wanted to swing, I'd probably get nuked off the internet. Um, but I think that this is just a self-correct that, yeah, you got to go through like seven years, at least an in internet time of it just getting pushed so far one direction that eventually, and Another thing is none of us are, you know, uh, in Gen Z, uh, you know, we're all much older than that, I guess. But they're they grew up in the time of like all this woke bullshit. And from what I've seen, sure, you're always going to have some people that just go with the flow. But there's a lot of resistance with a lot of kids that are just now coming into college that, you know, they think everything's bullshit. Um, And they grew up watching Trump and say what you will about Trump. But those kids are likely going to be the next elon musk the next jack jack dorsey's or whatever so again just echoing the previous point we have no idea what's coming next it could be based as hell and i'm i'm here for that so and to that point i, I actually i read an article about this i don't know it's been about a year ago talking about the gen zers and uh like kind of the different mentality because they've effectively been raised post uh 2008 like housing bubble crash, recession, everything that's been going on. And so they have a, a much different view of the world and to some extent a more pessimistic view of the world. Like for all of us, uh, you know, we, we range from, I think, late 20s to early 50s. And who the fuck is late 20s? <laughs> oh, are you in your 30s, Jose? I have a twelve-year-old and a nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I'm thirty. I mean, that doesn't mean anything, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, well, I mean, for our our audience watching too, that's late twenties. I mean, they're all more or less in our age range. I don't think I've got any Zoomers watching this show. Um, so, like, but they've come up in this recession era, 
And so they're a little more, uh, a little more pessimistic about things. Whereas, you know, we came up in a time when all of this was new and fresh. And so like, yeah, we saw the dot-com bubble burst and we saw 9-11, but those were like speed bumps along the way to just this rapid, you know, upward acceleration of everything. Whereas what they've seen is the housing bubble crashed and everything has been to whatever extent uh, you want to call it turmoil for the last 14 years, 12 years, something like that. So like here we are and that's the world that they live in. So they look at it a lot different and they aren't as on board with all the woke bullshit as what a lot of, unfortunately our pampered like pussy ass generation is. I, I think, I think our generation may be the problem or at least not, maybe not, maybe not us, but the later end of our generation. Hang on. I gotta go shoot a dog. Apparently. <laughs> Could have sworn it was my live stream it. <laughs> now we I, must I, I, do banter in the meantime. <laughs> well, you know, just just remember those same kids that were calling you. Uh, well, I don't know how what level of language Justin would let me have on here, but those same kids that were calling you a fag in the Call of Duty lobbies, yeah. uh, they're in their twenties now, <laughs> and I don't think that they give a fuck about all this censorship bullshit. I mean, it's. I, I would mean, you can't say... really say. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you want to go? You go. I don't have anything. Okay, I'll, I'll say that, and then you can you can make it better sounding. Uh, some of this, though, I <clears throat> I've seen this with my own kids, and, and so you know, you, you when I grew up, um, you know, your teachers are respected, and so since you should listen to them and not in, you know get in trouble. By the way, I got I went to a private school and I got spanked in third and seventh grade. Okay, so I was not a, a, an obeyer, a listener. Um, so and I was a good kid. I skipped sixth grade because I was just bored and point is but you listen to the teachers and they were always right and i even had problems with my my parents about like you know you listen to the teachers well i've made my kids think differently about that and then you get in the world of trump and the gop the, at least the right leaning side which is always condemning basically public education you have kids that start to go through school some of them I mean, maybe half of them at least that start to think that the teachers aren't the be all end all and they're not respecting them as much, which I think is an important factor, a, a hope, really, when you come out of this. Now, you may have some chaos because of this, but in the end, you may have your unwillingness to just believe everything that's being spoon-fed to you, you know, the news, the fake news, as an example. Well, that's an authority figure. That's your teacher. And and when your teacher isn't thought, thought of as super wise, which they shouldn't. If you ever uh, – uh, Thomas Sowell and um, Walter E. Williams talked about a study once that they, and they did or they, they were part of where um, teachers were the low end of the graduates in all parts of education. So they're not the biggest and the brightest. You know, if you have a, an engineering degree or something, you may go and teach at MIT. But for the most part, you're the low end. You're a PE teacher. No offense to PE teachers, uh, but you're or you're, you're elementary school teacher. You're just not the biggest and brightest. So those are the ones that are kind of getting through this anyway. If it filters in through your kids and they start to push back on this, uh, they start to question it themselves. And the teacher says something, they may go, well, what about this? Well, my kids do that. And then, I mean, they get in trouble. But anyway, that's my yeah. thought on that. One of the good things, even in this day and age of, you know, heavy, heavily curated search results and faulty research numbers and all that stuff is that it's still... Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Still hasn't stopped the skepticism. Like the overall trust of official news sources is at an all-time low. I don't think it's ever been lower because, like I said, technology, this is all still pretty new compared to like the old model that we've still been building off of. It's really only been 10 years, maybe, since we've kind of been in this more digital age. And a, a natural reaction to that is that people just don't trust shit. Like, I don't even know how CNN's still on the air uh, because they don't have, you know, any following uh, uh, to speak of. A lot of the manipulation we talked about earlier is how they are because they, uh, YouTube will put them in the top of the search results, stuff like that. And, but to play to my point that I said earlier, it's like you can only manipulate things so much. There is like an, a, a thing underlying it, the organic, how things, you know, should work, you know, supply, demand, whatever, you know, actual people, physical people be looking for this content that will over time, uh, win out. And, uh, you know, they are literally hanging by a thread and all they're doing is being held up by the, uh, the, the old guard really the, or, or I guess the new guard, but the, uh, the old guard aspects of it, if that makes sense. Uh, well, but yeah, CNN, no, they're good. This CNN plus experiment, I think is kind of really telling about, you know, on that topic is really telling about the, the legitimate popularity of CNN because they were absolute. Uh, it's kind of reminiscent of the 2016 uh, election. If you want to kind of buy into the, everything's been rigged for, uh, decades and in 2016 they just didn't think there was a reason to rig it so which is something that I, I kind of buy into but with the with the CNN plus thing they, they were convinced that they were going to have literally millions of subscribers to this like within months of launch and mm-hmm. uh, they've got less subscribers than most Lions of Liberty episodes get downloads so like they're they're sucking pretty hard right now. Not like not trying to belittle Lions of Liberty. They give me money every month. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate that. It paid for this whole beautiful setup here. Uh, but like, I mean, for a mainstream news outlet to be getting less subscribers than what a, you know a random Liberty podcast gets downloads, that's pretty bad. Here's the thing, I mean, Dave. If if, if I was seeing Mark Claire videos in my airport terminal, then you can talk shit all you want. <laughs> but well, that's interesting. Dave, Dave was just talking about this, or Robbie was, where they were comparing CNN. I think it was uh, one of the shows, and that Dave's show totally outdoes them, right? Just on downloads and views daily, it's just out of control. Yet, you know, what's her name with the short hair, the manly lady there? Um, she gets you know thirty million a year, and I doubt Dave does or Mark Claire. Oh yeah, Meadows or whatever her name is. No. What's her name? She's real big on Russia. Fuck. Meredith, you got to narrow this down. We got three goats. Let's hear. 
you're asking too broad of questions here. I know who you're talking about too. I just can't remember her name. She just looks like a complete lesbian. I I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, kind of skinny broad. Michael Maddow. Maddow. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, her and like Joy Reid, that whole thing. I don't know who's watching that shit, but I think the well, people that are watching it are diehards. Like at what point? Yeah, and, and a lot of uh, airports. At what point does it? become like the newspaper where it's just dying out and it's, you know, Joe Rogan, it's podcast. Cause, or are they going to, you know, the S, uh, FCC is going to come in in some sort of regulations for that. I mean, they can only do so much. I mean, uh, not to can keep bringing it back to Twitter, but, uh, and I guess it kind of ties in what we're talking about. I saw it just, uh, I think yesterday, Jack, or maybe it was even today, Jack, uh, yeah. Uh, tweeted something. I can't remember what. Stelter uh, put out some uh, article and like commented on it, saying something about uh friggin' um Tucker Carlson and how all he does is peddle doubt, and like which I mean for one, if you're that's not a bad thing. If you're a or, or doubt, I guess doubt is kind of almost similar to saying being skeptical. Uh, I mean doubt is just kind of putting a negative connotation on it. But anyways, point being, and then Jack replied to it saying something like, and what are you guys peddling hope kind of being sarcastic. Yeah. And he had something ridiculous, like 12,000 likes, uh, insane amount of quote tweets, like retweets and Stelters, even with that, like further engagement had like 250 likes. And like, this was after getting the Jack boost of in the engagement. It was insane. And like, I mean, if, if, if Jack had never commented, it probably would have been like a sub 200 like tweet, which I mean, for any one of us in here, that's a dope tweet. But for anyone who has over 10, anyone who has an organic following that has over, I don't know, five to 10 K followers, that is trash. Like, uh, um, like my buddy, uh, Clint, Clint Russell, like he has like 30 K followers and, and he says all the time that he like he pretty much deletes any tweet that gets under 100 likes, and it's very rare that it ever does. He probably could tweet poop, and it would get like 300 likes, like just because of the amount of followers he has. But then I you would have like it from like, I would like it from my account and my alts. I'd boost yeah. the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, you look at the the powers that be, you know, the stelters or whatever, and you look at their engagement, and it's trash. But then you have people who have actual organic engagement, you know, like be it Dave Smith. <laughs> Uh, I brought Clint, other people like that, and you look at their engagement, and it and it follows, and you're like, well, that's organic. Whereas, you know, like even with the Stelters of the world, and that even with the establishments trying to to hold them up, they're still floundering, and it's pitiful. So, I'm looking at the tweet. It's uh, well, he says Tucker Carlson is always selling the same thing. Comma P Bump says he's selling doubt, and you're right. It's a uh, 1,100, 1,178 likes. If you Hundred quote, uh, one thirty six quote tweets, tweets, jeez, one seventy three tweets, retweets, and um, Jax is you know triple. I mean, it's forty two thousand likes. It's not a huge engagement, but you're right. He is should be bumping him up, and that's pathetic for a you know be all end all CNN ombudsman type guy. So yeah. well, and the really crazy thing is when you if you go through and you look at those quote tweets. I'd say 70% of them are people making fun of him or yeah. people who are reposting what he said to, to mock him or something like it. So it, like even that engagement is kind of, uh, it, it's kind of misleading. Cause if you just look at it and it's like, Oh, he's got all these like retweets and quote tweets. And then when, but then when you go start looking at the quote tweets, it's like everybody's just bagging on this dude left and right. It's, that's fucking hilarious to me. Uh, 
well, I just clicked on it, and it's the first one's like, the fuck did I see? The next one's like, look at this potato head. It's <laughs> you're right, it's bad. Yeah, yeah and, and these aren't to, just like, and these aren't just the people that I follow that are like quote tweeting it saying that. Like, it's just like random ass accounts that I've never seen before. Like, it's it is really hilarious. I that's anytime I see one of those, and I see that it has like a really high, like it, if it has like a mediocre like number, but it has a really high retweet, I'm like, oh. They are totally going after this motherfucker. Like this is going to be good, and and it always is. Like it never disappoints. Yeah, it's fun. Do you the do you follow the? You guys are more Twitter uh, appropriate than me. I mean, into it than me. So is the the ratio? Is that really a, a huge notifier that you just suck? Because I'm sure I, I ratio myself all the time. And is that just a big <laughs> indicator that that um, tweet sucks? Or well, yeah, the, the proper reaction to a to a uh, ratio is seppuku. So. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, because bots can automatically like stuff, but I don't know how much bots are messaging or commenting. And if they are, they're usually like seven words and it's just quick and it's a one liner and you can tell that there's no thought in it. It's just like, oh, totes agree. Oh, my God. So amazing. You know, whatever kind of dumb shit. But when there's three times as many or more comments than likes and they're all like, go fuck yourself, you fat piece of shit it's like i'm pretty sure that was a person i don't know if they're putting bots out there that's gonna be talking shit against the the narrative but who knows you know maybe bots are getting more based we can hope okay we talked about this on the morning show a few weeks ago maybe a couple months ago at this point have y'all seen the replica thing replica What's that? Explain. Okay, so it's replica is basically it's like your imaginary best friend, only it's uh, actually an internet imaginary best friend that you get to tailor and create, and then you can just like talk to it, and it and you have like text conversations back and forth. Um, there's also there's also a, a lot of examples, hilarious examples of <clears throat> people training their replica. Because it, it it functions as an AI, so it just has a like a more or less natural conversation. But people are like coaxing it into becoming incredibly like alt right or becoming really <laughs> neo Nazi ish. Um, and then there are other things where like dudes are creating like a a replica girlfriend and then just like verbally abusing it over and over again. Like it's it's pretty hilarious. But you don't know what you haven't Not seen there. this. Thing. No. Do we, do we lose him? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Justin, are you a bot? Please respond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I cut out? For like a split second. Yeah. Oh. Well, but I that... do live like out in the middle of nowhere with uh, some pretty sketchy internet. So that happens from time to time. I think you got your point. So out, is this though. like the, uh, the, the movie? Is it her? Is that the, the AI? Yeah, no. yeah, I remember that. Um, the house was all AI. Scarlett Johansson, yeah, freaking uh, jo- Joaquin Phoenix. I gotta say, yeah. he actually did a really good job performing that uh, that sh- that movie. Although it was a very weird, creepy premise, but yeah, that's all I have to say on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, AI, uh, even video games. Like I, I used to play them in college, and I don't anymore because, for whatever reason, um, 
I, I brag about my life that I have I have one rather than I don't. But you know, people I, and I just kind of moved away from that. And so this AI stuff, while I'm still involved in technology, it just doesn't interest me as much. And I think it's more of um, you know, sad men that can't get laid, perhaps. Um, that's what drives a lot though, right? You know, the market uh wants to make uh some lonely guy not lonely and he's got money sitting in his mom's bathroom or, or bedroom or basement. <laughs> I don't know where. So um that that could be what drives a lot of the AI. So to me it's not as, as interesting um or I'm not as interested in it, but I see the downfalls of that because I do have boys, sons, <laughs> and I'm a little concerned about them. I don't know. I'm not too worried about all that nonsense so far as like that side of things. Because to be honest, as, as misogynistic as this may sound, if you're at a point where you're genuinely worried you're going to be taken over by robots, well, maybe step up your fucking game. I don't know what to tell you. No. Like, uh, <laughs> right. you know, <laughs> like this is, if anything, you know, we've been complaining about for decades about how like women have it so easy. And you're like, okay, well, fucking reverse Uno here. So, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, you got to bring something to the table here. <laughs> so, um, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. I'd say bring it on. I mean, I'm already married, so I don't care, but <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, integrate it into your own thing and be the master of your own technology. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back around to the original video content that we were, have been talking about. And I'm actually going to pull it up and by God, if, if I have any amount of luck whatsoever, uh, my janky ass internet will cooperate with me and I'll actually be able to play this little portion of the video and it'll come through well and you'll all see it and hear it. So <laughs> I like your subtle it. plug for Tyler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say something about that too. <laughs> I just happened to have been watching it earlier. Here we go. Let's see how this works out. What my question is leading to is help us understand where's the future of search going. Well, when, when you use Google, um, do you get more than one answer? Of course you do. Yeah, of course. Well, that's a bug. Yeah. Because we, we, we should be able to give you the right answer just once. We should know what you meant, and we, sh- and we should never be. So who owns into? I, I thought that was, I thought that was kind of scary. Like, I mean, that is like, that is an incredibly, like, going beyond anything Orwell could have imagined. Like we don't want you to use your search engine to find all of the possible answers. We want to give you the right answer. Who determines what the right answer is? Uh, I mean, Google. Uh, yeah. I need more context here. Who are those people? Do you know? Uh, that was the Google uh, CEO or one of those guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was like, he was like yeah. an early CEO of Google. Okay, because I could see a smooth brain take. I mean, it is definitely concerning, but I could see like an uneducated take or like a someone who's trying to look smarter than they are uh, have that take of like, well, we should be able to process all the information and give you exactly what you want. It's like the idea that you would ever be able to get to that point to where you could off of a few keywords be able to completely determine. I mean, maybe you could say that's part of why they get your information from, you know, Facebook, whatever, et cetera, to be able to tailor it specifically to what you want. But yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I, I guess to, to give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe that's kind of what he meant that we're going to take in so much information from so many different places. that We'll know exactly what you mean and maybe not necessarily this. I mean, that is Orwellian in a way, 
but in another way it's it's not the kind of orwellian we're getting at to where it's like you know we're giving you your answer it's more like he's he could be saying that what we mean is if we get enough information to input in that we can give you exactly what you want you shouldn't have other but yeah i don't know i mean that's just me steel manning it i guess a little bit but it definitely i lean towards he's being creepy yeah the the inferred goal that he's mentioning is that we will know you better than yourself Mm -hmm. and so then that kind of that kind of you know takes away any responsibility of the individual and it becomes more dependent which obviously we're all very technologically independent um more so than we ever have been and they're they are there to provide that service which now becomes you know it's it's almost a utility at this point which is exactly what they want i mean what better business model could you have than to ingratiate yourself into society to where they can't function without you and anytime that that happens and there's that level of power control and manipulation i mean I, the normal skeptics um, and there's always going to be skeptics are immediately going to be pushing against that. Yeah. So um, earlier today I was on with, uh, on outlawed thoughts. It's Chumley or Leighton Radner's, uh, podcast. And, and I meant, made this and it ties in here, which is in the anarchist handbook, you know, uh, Jose did this one, uh, hasness, right. In his book, uh, he's a law professor. And for me, as a, as a, when I went through law school, he brings up an issue and there's someone on the left and someone on the right, and they can both find all the research you support their point of one way or the other. So the problem with him is there's not a definitive answer for everything. You've got multitude of answers. You've got two sides of the issue all the time that you can justify. It's a little obviously creepy when, you know, one person on the internet is basically saying, we're going to find that one specific answer. Well, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not AI myself. And, and as an example, as I'm, uh, we're talking here, I'm on Twitter and someone posts this thing. Let's see how Google would answer this with one answer. How can I get my boyfriend to stop digging his tunnel? I mean, that, is there, is there any one right answer to that important question that that young lady is posing? I don't think so. Well, that's like, I, I was trying to think of it and like typically when I search for something, I'm not looking for a specific thing. Like if I am looking for a specific thing, then it's, I copied and pasted the thing that I'm looking for. But even yeah. then, even then, like it'll give you a, an, an arrangement or a, a, like an arrangement of different things related to that thing. And I usually end up looking at half a dozen of those. I, uh, Johnny and I were when I recorded today's peddling fiction with him. Uh, I've I have closed some out. I realized that I'd gotten out of hand, um, but at the time I had twenty six different tabs open for stuff that I had articles I was looking at, um, news sites I was perusing, videos I was I was watching. Like whenever I type in a search on on one of these search engines. I'm not looking for any one particular thing. Like who, who is looking for that one answer? Like you're looking for the things that might get you to an answer that's somewhere out there that you're, you're searching for. Like that's, that's why, you know, when they say they're going to give you the singular answer to your question or to your search, like that's, that's why that kind of freaks me out a little bit because I don't know what, I don't know what the top five answers are to my search. (laughs) Yeah, unless it's, you know, uh, how many Holocaust victims 
et cetera, et cetera. Even then, we don't know. Here's know six million number. articles. <laughs> we know the exact number to a T. It perfectly rounded out. Don't worry about it. But if you go to page right. 49 of the search results, it's, it tops out at about uh, 500. By the yeah. way, I, why we are, when we first were talking, I did her um, sample with uh, Google, uh, the, the search thing with climate change. Climate and and it she's exactly right. That's exactly what happened. I, you go to the next page, next page. So you get to the end, and it's only four hundred twenty results that they end up putting up out of so many billion. Uh, I tried DuckDuckGo, but they don't have that search number. But you could keep going more results, and I definitely didn't go billions before I got to the end. So it's kind of yeah. interesting. And similarly with uh, Brave, I have Brave on my laptop and on my phone, <laughs> and I tried it on Brave's beta search engine, and it was only one page. And it was maybe 50 results. And there wasn't even a second page or any of that. And I was looking at what uh, she was showing as far as her search results on Google. And they were mostly the same. So I, I know a lot of people are championing the Brave search engine. But maybe it does better on some searches than others. But I, it's definitely not there yet. It's, there's no silver bullet to, to answer the Google question. And say so I am willing to give Brave um, something of a pass at this point because it is more or less in its infancy. Um, is can you even get Brave on on the web browser yet, or is it still exclusively on um, on mobile? Oh no, I've I had it on my laptop well before I had it on my phone, and I've had Brave. I've been using Brave for at least two years, maybe longer, and it was all a result of when Trump was in office and how everything was getting nuked um, and suppressed and words were getting changed and even news clips and audio clips of him were highly curated. And, you know, I was just naturally curious and, you know, I guess that's what puts me in the Liberty sphere is that I'm a, I'm a constant uh, contrarian skeptic, whatever you want to call it. So I was like, this can't be right. And I heard, from another podcast that was talking about, oh, dude, if you're not on Brave browser yet, then what the fuck are you doing? And that was the first I'd ever heard of it. So I downloaded it immediately. And to this point, much like DuckDuckGo was 10 years ago, it's it's great. But just as anything will grow and be- get big enough, eventually it will have to likely succumb to some level of pressure. Yeah, I've been God, using it for a few years that. as well. Yeah, I like the Brave movie. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> but did you, did you get any brave tokens from it? I uh... I don't even know. I think so. I've never well, checked. I do. I, I think I had posted up to Justin. I've got like forty bucks I've made over the last two years or so using it. So, so the guy that I do the one uh, the morning show with, Clyde, he he swears by Brave. He's been using it for some years now, and he said he's made about five hundred bucks total on the tokens and stuff. Well, I mean, that's he he. He is a like true grifter. Like y'all, y'all have, y'all have no idea. So, like that makes sense. He's he's playing like he's figuring out any way he can to game the system and and maximize off of it. He said that like any more clicking, just going through and clicking on on ads doesn't get you as much as what it used to. So that like that tells you everything you need to know about the way he's been <laughs> running this thing. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it does have and it does have its own like you can get. You can get a VPN through it. Um, it has its own crypto that you can set up. So there are a lot of interesting options with Brave. And uh, as soon as I saw the thing come out about DuckDuckGo, um, 
like I'd, I'd heard it. I knew DuckDuckGo was going in that direction for the last few months. But as soon as it like really became prevalent, like this is this wasn't just like rumblings and like little bullshitty stuff, but like they're they're for real going the way of of a Google or a Bing. Because like yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and download the the Brave browser, and I, I have been infinitely more pleased with it than I was with the the standard Safari on my phone and and any other browser I've used. Uh, like on on the on the desktop, I'm still trying to wean myself off of Microsoft Edge because I do have a lot of the stuff that I do for all the different podcasts kind of built into uh, Edge. So it's tough to break away from that just because of the the ease for, for work-related work stuff. But I'm trying to move in that direction. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty easy. It, I think it took me maybe an hour or two at most. Uh, because all of my save tabs or whatever, I just I just opened up both browsers, same screen, and just copied over the URLs, set it up identically, deleted Safari, and never looked back. So you can probably get it done in an afternoon, easy. Well, it's based on Chrome. Sorry to get technical here. It's based on the Chromium that has a Chromium background, which is Google, you know, all their stuff. So if you use the Google search um, Chrome it'll actually sync everything directly over without any problem. You just kind of log it and boom, it's there. So for, for me, it was super easy, yeah. Anyway, that's that's where the new internet is going. Mm-hmm. Well, so guys, there's, still, wanna, there's still hope out there. Sorry. I want to yeah. be respectful of y'all's evenings. I know it's uh, for Jose and, and Magoo, y'all are over on the Eastern time zone, so it'll start getting late here for y'all pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh and then Tyler, it's still daylight sunlight. over there, so I don't still know. Still sunlight out there. Yeah, you get, you still got time to drink, but uh, he, he can I'm, still go get a bike right in. I, I I could, except for I've been pounding this stuff. <laughs> That's the best time to do it, and then you have to be more focused so you don't fall over and. Like, you know, I last year I actually uh, I I drank a little bit and then decided to go do a quick ride, and I almost fell in front of these girls. Long story, it was embarrassing. Hit my nuts on the top tube, but well, uh, it won't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck yeah well guys give all your plugs and everything and uh i appreciate y'all joining me for this i i think i think we covered a lot of ground and i, I think we talked about stuff that like especially for like the average person who may not think about this sort of stuff on a regular basis like um I've, I've actually already gotten a couple messages from people who have ducked in and watched for 20 30 minutes just to see what we were talking about who said like this is stuff that i never would have thought about and didn't realize was going on so like we're we we are at least talking about stuff that you know is getting some attention hopefully people start waking up to this and paying attention to this stuff more going forward so uh i really appreciate y'all joining me tonight give your plugs and uh we'll get out of here you guys go. i'll go yeah. first since i'm least significant uh tyler yonke t-y-l-e-r-j-a-n-k-e on twitter um, watch these guys' shows, all of them. Um, Magoo, you just did something. Is it uh, Dexter-related, your last episode? Uh, yeah, yeah, I okay. think so. I'll check it out. Jose like is great. Uh, huh? Like the show, Dexter? Yes. Oh, are you? Okay. The title are you, like, was... covering the new... Oh, okay. I was like, are you the covering title, the, the new title season? Rela- I'm, I'm okay. teasing, so you go check out Magoo's show, and then you'll find it yourself. Check out Jose's. I got a podcast review show. 
Um, and obviously Justin's the, the king of uh, edits and everything for everybody. So I appreciate you having me come on. Uh, just tell everybody the internet's not going to be over next week. Al Gore would never let that happen. So we're all good. And uh, thank you, Justin. <laughs> yeah, you want to go ahead, Magoo? You can go. Sure. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter if you hate yourself at Magoo underscore ITR. Uh, the ITR stands for Ignore the Rant, which is a silly, stupid little podcast I do with two of my buddies who are not in the Liberty sphere whatsoever. And so every episode, I kind of have to tamper myself back. <laughs> I almost have to neuter myself on my own show. But we have fun. Uh, this last episode called Dark Passenger, um, we kind of go through a tale of one of the co-hosts of mine who likely gave an Uber ride to a possible murderer and human trafficker of his own daughter. Not too sure about it. Uh, I think we find out in the middle of his story. So if you want to hear about that and some more retarded conspiracy theories about mass shootings and other dumb shit, uh, you can check us out on all of the podcast catchers. Not quite the same thing, but when I was in high school, actually it might have been a little bit after high school, I'm pretty sure I was insanely drunk, stoned, and like, and maybe high on other shit out of my mind. And I gave hookers a ride, thinking they were just, you know, you know, women on the side of the road who needed a ride somewhere. And I remember the whole time thinking they made weird comments, like implying, like, "What are we gonna do?" And I was just kind of like, "Where the fuck do you need to go?" And they're like, "Where do you want to go?" And I'm like, "What do you, what do you mean where I want to go? Where do you, where do you need to go? Like, you're on the side of the road, you need to pick up. Like, where are we going? Like, and I, I still don't know if they were hookers or not. But like after the fact, I like, I remember like a day later, be like, like." Holy shit, they were hookers. <laughs> Did you end up dropping them Homo- off at some like cheap motel and they stood there waiting for you to get out of the car and then you just drove off and they were really disappointed? It was somewhere just, weird like that. Yeah, it was something. I hate to break it out. to you, but it was homeless trannies. That's what it <laughs> yeah. was. Yeah. That is what hookers basically are. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> Potato tomato, man. Shit. Sound the same, <laughs> same to me. Thing. Um all right, yeah, I have the No Way Jose show. You can find me on YouTube, all the major audio podcasters, Odyssey as well. I don't really have any like episodes to to push right now. I've been doing more theory shit. Been plugging uh, New Libertarian Manifesto live readings with uh, Sal right now. We're on the critique portion, so we're covering the Rothbard one right now, which is fun. But it's also like weird because like we vehemently disagree with everything Rothbard's saying, and I hate that down to my core because I usually agree with everything he says. So it's like I don't know what's going on here, and it hurts me to my core. But you know, whatever. We're making it together. We're making it through. So. To be fair, though, for context, people don't know, in New Libertarian Manifesto, the book for agorism, uh, whenever Konkin made it, he sent out copies to multiple big thought leaders, and Rothbard was one of them asking for critiques. And so to be fair to Rothbard, I don't think he thoroughly read it or thoroughly grasped it because it was just some shit someone sent him and said, hey, please. Like, imagine if someone sent you a book and was like, please critique this. You'd be like, the fuck? Hey, here's my, here's my Liberty mixtape. Will you take a listen? Exactly. It's an audio book, right? This is, you're basically describing my my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone did that to Rothbard, he'd be like, all right, I'll, I'll skim. I'll, I'll, I'll leaf through some of the chapters and I'll give you my thoughts. So, yeah, I, I can see why you maybe fucked up a little bit. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, according to uh, Chumley, I have uh, I have Al Gore coming on soon. So that's cool. So, <laughs> so but yeah, that's it. That's, that's my show. So, Well, uh, thank you all for joining us tonight. I will be back next Monday. I am going to have uh, a, so his his name on Twitter. This is his name on Twitter. It's a Blackman, uh, a black man. Uh, he and I are going to have a conversation on Sunday afternoon. We're going to talk about race and uh sexism and all of that fun stuff but we're gonna do it in a (laughs) 
<laughs> he has a YouTube channel. He's he's legitimately black. Um, so we're going to have a conversation about race and sex and all that fun stuff. And we're going to have some hard conversations that people aren't ready to have. Uh, mm. And I'm really looking forward to that one. I think it's going to be in extremely inter- bell curve stuff, huh? <laughs> I think it's going to be a really good conversation uh, just from he does some like short videos and stuff on on his YouTube channel. And from the stuff that he talks about and the stuff that he tweets, I, I, I'm really excited about it. So check that out. That'll be I'm, I may even do it as a live stream on Sunday afternoon if he's up for it. Otherwise, it'll be out on Monday morning. So check that out. Hope everybody has a great rest of your evening, a great week. And I will see you on Monday, unless you come check me out on the morning after, tomorrow morning, or Friday morning, because there is always a lot of monkey business going on there. Have a good one, everybody.